This is Ein Yaakov. We are at Amr Abichia Bar Abba. I do want to go back, though, to what we did yesterday for a second. It was a long paragraph. It was the Havan Ischak Malay paragraph. So we had there, um, and even in the paragraph before, and then after that we said that uh, when he, this new Pari, he was worried about something. Where's the Lushan here? I think it's over here on the page. He says, these Jewish people, they're very, very strong. I'm worried about them. We talked about punch-up uh, anti-Semitism. Remember that from last night? He is worried about how powerful we are, that we're, that we're going to overtake his country. And so then he says, There is a, uh, an absolutely wild Rebbe um, Rashab on this in Samachtes. It's in the Vidir Maschel is Melechadash. It was a mimer that he said in Berlin. It's a short mimer. It's in the Haisafis in the back. This is a pretty rare piece of chassidus. I don't mean rare. I mean, it's printed, but you don't hear a lot of people quoting the Haisafis from Berlin. So this is just interesting material. He has an entire mimer on this series of psukim and lays out what Klippas Pare is and why Pare had this specific strategy for, for, for offing the Jewish people. He says, first of all, Mitzrayim and Pare are both a clip of Yeshos. They're both the kinds of clip of Yeshos. That's how he starts the mimer, is saying that I know that we think of Amalek as being the ultimate Yeshos Klippa and every other nation has one of the Midas, but he says that's not really the case. The seven nations are the seven Midas, and Pare is effectively the same thing as Amalek. He, he, he has a Dion in there where he says that kind of Chitzenius Yeshos is Pare, Pnimius Yeshos is Amalek, so Amalek is maybe a little more egotistical than Pare, but basically the Klippa of ego, the Klippa of I exist and I demand to be recognized as an independent entity, that is at its very apex, looking like Amalek, and at a slightly lower level is Pare. You had a question? So the media is a concept, no? Oh. You know what? He says all three. He says, and it's great to see that because I always... Just for those who didn't hear, uh, Adam said, what about Midian? Isn't Midian that too? The Rebbe Rashab in this Haisafa in the back, he says that Midian, Pare, and Amalek are all clippers of Yeshus. And it was so refreshing to see that because every time we learn things like Heichaltsu about Midian, my first thought is always, isn't that a Malik? And every time I learn Pare is Asius Erev, my first thought is, isn't that a Malik too? And the answer is that Rebbe Rashab goes, yeah, they're all kinds of Yeshus. That you have seven Midas, seven Midas Ra'is, a Midas to Klippa, and that's your seven nations, that these three nations that in Chassidus all sound like they're Yeshus stick, but Rebbe Rashab vindicates that thought. Yeah, they're all kinds of Yeshus. Amalek's the deepest Yeshus of them all. Pare is the next one. Midian's the next one. But they're all, they're all forms of Yeshus, which is just really nice to see because I felt like it was a breath of fresh air. Ah, <laughs> it fits. It fits. So it says, Pare says... Um, Oh, then, so uh, the Rebbe Rashab is working on a question here. The Rebbe Rashab's question is, we left Mitzrayim, we crushed Mitzrayim, why didn't we conquer Mitzrayim? Right, what happened to Yishapcha? You ever wonder that? I never wondered that, but it's a good question. Why didn't we, we conquer the seven, we covered the, conquered the seven nations? Why didn't we conquer Mitzrayim? Why'd we just leave? And the answer that Rebbe Rashab gives is that that clip was too powerful, needed to be completely crushed, we could not elevate it, needed to be completely destroyed. This one you've heard before, that's why there were 10 makas. Now, why were we able to elevate the seven nations and not clip us Pare? He explains this in the Mimer. So he says that in the words, Rav Atzumimenu, when Pare says that I'm afraid of the Jewish people, they are Rav Atzumimenu, Targum Unculus says that Rav Atzum should be translated as Takifin. So the Rebbe Rashab takes this and runs with it. Takifin is Takif Dikdusha. Pare was the clip of Yeshus and he's worried about Takif Akadusha. What's he not worried about? He's not worried about, um, hang on, I want to get the words right. His concern is Pen Yirba, but his concern is, so we are, uh, he says, we're Rav Atumimenu, and then he says that he's worried Pen Yerba. So we're, big, we're strong right now, and he's worried we're going to get stronger. So the Rebbe Rashab says, his concern right now was a minor concern. Rav Atum is just Takif and Dekdusha. That means that we have our Aved in a way of, uh, a way of Machshava and Midas, in our hearts and our minds, our Aved is in an orderly fashion. And when our Aved is in an orderly fashion, in our thoughts and our minds, we've controlled our minds, we've controlled our, we've controlled our, uh, we've controlled our hearts, then what happens when we have a basic Seder Aved? Our Midas are under control. 
So the seven midas are under control. At that state, the Jewish people are ready to conquer the seven nations. But as anybody who's ever tried this knows, you can have a great sense of self-control. You can have your mind in order and you can have your heart in order and you can even control your midas, but you still will be an egotist. So Parah is not worried about a Jew who can control himself. Parah is not worried about a Jew who has shlita samayach alalev. Because the shlita samayach alalev gets rid of negative midas, but it doesn't get rid of ego. So Parah says, I'm not worried that they're rav atzum. I'm not worried that they have shlita samayach alalev. That's not a problem for Yeshus. But penyer. What if they get stronger? What if they end up creating a taikif diktusha and absolutely maxing out their possibilities, which is a state of bittles, a state of ma? In that case, they might be able to actually conquer Klippas Parta. Therefore, he says, Let's feed them chachmas chitzenim. Let's feed them my chachma. Let's imbue them with chachmas chitzenim. That will block their ability to access their higher levels of chachma, which correspond to bittle. The simple explanation here, though we're getting a little Kabbalistic, is that the, the, anybody who says that the Goyim don't have wisdom, don't believe them, right? That's a Gemara. The Goyim have wisdom. The difference between non-Jewish wisdom and Jewish wisdom is that Jewish wisdom is supposed to bring you closer to a state of bittel. Jewish wisdom ends. The Chochmah is ma'ayin timatza. If you're following Jewish wisdom to its source, you'll come to a state of complete humility. Goyish wisdom brings you to a state of complete yeshos. I know everything. The more I know, I'm getting closer and closer to really understanding how the world works. That is the approach of secular, that's the approach of science. Science is that I'm getting more and more, I'm getting closer and closer to knowing. That is a, that is a Chochmah of yeshos. The Chochmah of Terah is that the more I know about Terah, the less I exist until ultimately I blink out of existence completely and I'm Batum Metzias. So the Chachma of Terah is in the direction of Bittel. Pare expands his Chachma Chitzainis. He expands the negative side of Chachma to a Yeshus and it works according to the Rabbi Rashab. He is Metame Eretz Yisrael so considerably that we're never able to fix it again and the only thing we can do is break it. So that's the story of how Pare uh, knocked down the Jewish people by increasing his negative Chachma and turned Egypt into something that is completely irredeemable in the Lashon of the Rabbi Rashab. So irredeemable that even now we're not allowed to live there. <laughs> He doesn't say. He doesn't say. It's a short mimer. I don't know. He doesn't say. Uh, he doesn't say how he feeds the chetzenis chachma. I wanted to point that out. Do we still have time for other things? We do. Let's do this. Okay. They say. Yes. Yeah. There were three people who were in on the deal. There were three people who were in on the plot to enslave the Jews. Bilam, Eiv, and Yisrael. That is Bilam, Job, and Jethro. Three of them, they were all involved. They were all involved. Bilam, Shiatz, Nerag. Bilam said, I think it's a really good idea. You definitely should enslave them. So his punishment was, he got murdered. Not murdered, he was killed in battle. By the way, I love when Bilam gets killed in battle. Do you know why I love when Bilam gets killed in battle? It's just, I, I, I it, huh? It's a great end to the movie. It's an even better end. The Rebbe is a mimer about this on Purim, but it's just, it's just fantastic because um, he points this out and I can never unsee it. Bilam has a whole Parsha dedicated to him, right? Bilam has a whole Parsha. He's a big deal. He is a, if you had to list our greatest enemies, he might have been the greatest one. He also is the source of all the prophecies of Mashiach. He's a real prophet that's meant to go up against the prophecy of Meshul Rabbeinu. The guy can fly. I mean, he's a very impressive character. He gets a whole Parsha where he really is king. He's talking to God. We don't see that by anybody else in the terror, really, on the Gaisha side. We see uh, what Avimelech gets a dream. I mean, Bilam's like having conversations. Um, he's, he's a big deal. After he's delivered his message, Bilam Halach and then Balak Halach the Darkai, once Bilam goes on his way and his message is done being delivered, Rashi says his prophecy was done. The Rebbe Rashab says at that point all Kedusha had been Nisparah from him. At that point, he was just Klippa now, there was no more Kedusha in him. All the Kedusha had been taken out. And then how does he die? A footnote. 
Gam Bilim Ben Like we never heard of him before, right? <laughs> they did list of the dead. And by the way, that, that naked shell of a person was also knocked off. It's a, he's a footnote because once the Kedusha that was enlivening him has been completely used up, he's nothing. He blows right over. Not even that. He's mentioned like we don't know him. Also Bilim. Gam Bilim Ben Also Bilim, by the way, he got knocked down in the war. You would think he'd have this big, he'd go out in a, he'd go out in a blaze of glory. He doesn't. He's a, he's, he's, he's a silly little clipper when his Kedusha is gone. And that's the Rebbe Rashab says is what every single clip is. It seems like such a big deal because Kedusha is powering it. Once it's Nisbarer, it falls over and it's the silliest little thing. It's just so powerful. Um, I didn't mean to get into that. Let's get into what we actually are supposed to get into. Okay, so Bilaam said to kill them. Bilaam said to enslave us. So uh, he was killed. Eev, Shosak. Eev was quiet. He sat by silently. He didn't do anything. Uh, need to be a sword, and so he got punished with horrible suffering. I'm not sure I'm a good parent, but I will say that the other day my Menachem came home from camp and told me that he saw one kid being mean to another kid, and I told him that Eve was silent too, and look what happened to him. And I'm not sure that that's how you're Mechanech, a seven year old, but. Uh... <laughs> But maybe one day he'll listen to this recording and know that, uh, that, uh, that I used it as a joke and a share. Need him be a certain. Yesterday, yesterday, he fled. Yesterday is different. He ran away. He married it to have his grandsons sit in the Lishkas Agazis on the Sanhedrin. Huh? He didn't oppose it. He ran away. All he did was run, yeah. He, now, there are Mepharshim that say he said what he had to say, and then when there was nothing else to say, he ran. I saw that Lushan somewhere. I don't remember where. It was a Rishan. It might have been a Rashi. I saw it somewhere that he says he said what he had to say, and then saw no reason to stay, so he ran. So maybe he, maybe he opposed, but, uh, but no. Eev sat there and watched it. Eev, uh, um, um, uh, Yisrael ran away. As it says in the Pasuk, it's going to be a long Pasuk here that proves that his grandkids were in the, uh, were in the Sanhedrin. Okay, we're not going to do that one today. Yep. Oh? Yisrael had grandkids who sat in the Lishka Sagazis. From where? That's what the Pasuk is doing here. He says, <laughs> They were people, the Yeshviyavits were people who came from the Kani. They were at a, like a maternal or paternal grandfather who was Avi Beis Rechev, and that is Yisrael. No, not through Mesha. Not through Mesha. So we had a... I mean, I wrote this down. He had a, there, were, there were a group of scribes, and they came from... They were the Canaan who came from him. So Canaan ended up in the... Anyway. I'll tell you, Ben Yehadah. And then we'll end with that tonight because I have a long artera from the Magid. We're going to have to do that on Monday. So I'll tell you Ben Yehuda. Ben Yehuda says that the Romans have a policy that if an officer dies, one decree is canceled. And uh, this is a Gemara Masachas Tainas on Chavtes. Is that uh, a certain officer, um, Rabban Gamliel, was going to be put to death. And a certain officer went to Rabban Gamliel secretly and said to him, Hey, if I get this decree annulled, do you promise me a place in Elam Habu? Rabban Gamliel says, Yeah. So he, so he jumps off a roof because they had a rule at the time that if one Roman general was killed, they would annul one decree in a one-to-one ratio. That's what the Ben Yehuda says. Huh? I don't know. The Ben Yehuda says this. I also don't think that's in the Gemara Beferish, that that's how they got the decree annulled. The Ben Yehuda says this was a known Roman policy. I guess he lived in a, I mean, he lived more recently than that. Ben Yehuda says they knew in Rome. It was known in Rome. This was how they, this is how they ran the show. So it was a one-to-one. The general died. Roman Gamaliel got off. He says it was also known that, uh, that if somebody runs away instead of dying, half a decree gets canceled. He says, so Yisrael knew this rule. This rule has been in effect long before the Romans, says the Ben Yadda. This rule was always in effect among kings, that if somebody dies, you annul the decree, and if somebody runs away, you annul half the decree. Yisrael ran away, and since he ran away, the decree was only half bottle. So Bilaam's plan... <clears throat> Bilaam's advice had been to kill the entire Jewish people. What ended up happening is they only killed the children and they enslaved everybody else and they also only killed the boys and they didn't kill the girls. So this was half the plan, says the Ben Yehuda, in line with the fact that Yisrael ran away. We have for Monday in our Torah from the Magid, which is too long for us to do tonight. So that's what to look forward to tomorrow? Nah, after the weekend. Thanks, everybody.